Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. This year, I'm committed. I'm going to have more and more episodes of good content as far as retirement planning, the best out there that I can possibly produce. So please continue to send in your questions at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I will continue to use in our discussion of future episodes, as well as coming up with topics that are kind of top of mind to me and meaningful to me. And I think they will help a lot of our listeners. Quite frankly, Monday through Friday, I'm here and I'm talking to clients and prospective clients about retirement planning all day, every day. So it's easy for me to come up with content, but I always want to appease our listeners and make sure they're happy and certainly giving them the information and guidance that they're looking for. But on today's episode, one of the main focus of this discussion is going to be on RMDs, Required Minimum Distributions. What are they? When will they impact you? How do we make strategic plans to account for them? That's going to be our main topic of discussion today because some people, they say, well, gosh, I'm too young. I'll worry about that when the time comes. And to be completely honest, I think a lot of financial planners, financial advisors neglect to plan ahead for these RMDs, required minimum distributions. And there's so much misinformation. As an example, the things that we hear from maybe our coworkers or siblings or friends or whoever you're in contact with, you have to be kind of careful. And I've said that on previous episodes, be careful who you take advice from. As an example, I had a client that called up that was literally in panic mode, thinking that they were going to have to pay all these penalties. And so they asked, they said, oh, well, the Roth IRA limit last year was in 2023 was $7,500. And they said, we contributed $10,000. And so-and-so at work told us, you know, the limit is $7,500. And then there's a 6% penalty to get your money out of there if you contributed over the $7,500. And so anyway, he continued to go on and on. And I said, okay, well, whoever told you that was talking about a Roth IRA, not a Roth 401k, which you are contributing to. And so he said, oh, well, what's the difference here? And I said, well, with a Roth 401k for someone that's over 50 years old in 2023, they can contribute up to $30,000 a year. That's $22,500. Plus, again, there's what's called a catch-up. For anybody that's over 50 years old, it's $7,500. So when you combine those two, it's $30,000. And this particular client was contributing around $10,000 a year, and we had done a full-blown retirement plan. So believe me, this was all mapped out. But this coworker or friend or whoever this person was kind of had this guy freaked out like, oh, gosh, I've over contributed to my Roth IRA. And the fact of the matter is he wasn't even contributing at all to his Roth IRA. He was contributing to his Roth 401k with a contribution limit of $30,000 as opposed to the Roth IRA, which is outside of your employer, something that you set up on your own, then that person was right. The contribution limit last year for 2023 was $7,500 for someone over 50 like this gentleman. 
But this gentleman was ready to tear out money out of his 401k, thinking it was an over contribution. And he was really in, like I said, in panic mode. And again, we have to be careful who we listen to, who we take advice from, because it's so easy to listen to somebody who is misinformed. And then that's going to cost us in the long run. And I kind of told him, I said, gosh, hypothetically, you could contribute another 20,000 or could have contributed another $20,000 to your 401k. And then you're still under the income limits for Roth IRAs. And he was married filing jointly. So he could have thrown another $7,500 towards a Roth IRA combined. That would be $37,500 to Roths in 2023. And again, that's assuming that you make the income cutoffs. And he was like, oh, I just had no idea. I thought it was $7,500 and for the Roth IRA and $7,500 for the Roth 401k. They are completely separate animals. Not only the contribution limits, but the income restrictions of as far as who can contribute to one. There's some people that do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA because their household income is above the income threshold. What I'm trying to say is this stuff can be really, really complicated. So be careful who you're taking advice from. And another thing, as far as 401ks, I've been getting a lot of questions about 401ks lately. And what I want to emphasize and put an exclamation point on is 401ks are not created equally. 401ks are for for-profit companies. That's who offers them. The employer can decide what type of match they want to offer or if they want to even offer a match at all. They don't have to, depending on the plan. Other companies decide that they want to do profit sharing, and that's kind of at their discretion, depending on how well the company does. And I'm going to go on the extreme here. We've talked about 401ks, but just as of a comparison here, based out of St. Louis, Missouri, but have clients in over 20 different states, I think it might be 27 or 28 different states. Our firm is, we've been very blessed and growing and had another financial planner join us this last year that we're really excited about. So I think we're going on 27 different states where we have clients residing and it's really easy to work virtually with them. So we get to see a lot of different 401ks. Some are very, very good, some are in the middle, and some are terrible. So just to kind of give you an idea, here in St. Louis, there's a company that a lot of people are familiar with. It's Boeing, right? Fortune 500 company, publicly traded. Years ago, they had a pension and they froze it. So what they did was they increased the match on their 401k. And for non-union workers, it's dollar for dollar of the first 10%. So as an example, to keep this extremely simple, let's assume you make $100,000. I like round numbers. So $100,000 and you put in 10% to your 401k, they will match that 10% dollar for dollar. So that's 10% of 100,000. That means you're putting in $10,000 a year and they're matching you $10,000. That's 100% rate of return on your money. That's a really good match. I've talked about other companies. Microsoft is the best match that I've ever seen. That was a previous podcast that I talked about that. On the flip side, we were working with this new client this week and we were looking into her 401k with her company and how the match structure worked. 
And she had a lot of questions. She was very unfamiliar with this whole process. So we actually just asked some questions to the financial advisor that helped set up this 401k for the company that she works for. And just by knowing what questions to ask, because quite frankly, our client, very, very nice lady, she didn't know what the questions to ask and how to get the answer she was looking for. But with our guidance, we were able to ask this gentleman, hey, explain to us how this works and what the match looks like and all that. The way they do their match is they match 3% of every dollar that you put in. And so let's use that same example of, you know, assuming you worked at Boeing and you contributed $10,000 a year or 10% of your pay on a $100,000 salary. With this company, it's a lot different than how Boeing matches. They would match 3% of what you put in. So 3% of $10,000, your match would be just 300 bucks a year. Whereas Boeing was matching 10 grand a year. But with this company, again, it was a very small company. Their match was, to say it nicely, it was a joke. So 300 bucks a year, if she were to save 10 grand in the 401k, that's not a very good match. And quite frankly, when we spoke to the financial advisor who advised this 401k plan, his words to me were, and this is not a joke, this is true life. And I'm going to paraphrase because he was a little vulgar, but he said the plan stinks. I know it stinks. They know it stinks. Everyone knows it stinks, but it is what it is. That's what he said to us. So I hope this discussion has helped you. Be careful who you take advice from. Make sure you ask enough questions. And if you don't know the questions to ask, lean on your financial planner. They'll know. And they want to make sure that you're getting the right information so they can build your retirement plan with complete accuracy. All right, let's switch gears here. The rest of this show, I wanted to talk about RMDs, required minimum distributions. And so what this means is, is once you turn a certain age, you have to start taking withdrawals out of your pre-tax retirement accounts. So that means IRAs, like traditional IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, whatever pre-tax money you have you have to start taking distributions from those accounts. And that magic number right now, for those people that are born 1959 and earlier, it's age 73. Now, if you're born in 1960 or later, it pops back to age 75. That's when you would be required to start taking distributions. And why does the government want you taking distributions on that pre-tax money? Well, they want the tax revenues. Those dollars, the taxes have been deferred all of these years. And at age 73, they say, now it's time to start paying taxes on those tax deferred. Now, if you're still working at 73 and you're working for a company that has, let's say, a 401k, well, you don't have to take that RMD until you separate from service or retire from the company. But if you have an IRA on the outside, guess what? You do have to take an RMD from that IRA. And it gets kind of complicated when somebody has multiple 401ks. So let's say somebody's retired and they're turning 73 this year and they have three 401ks from previous employers. The rules say that they have to take an RMD from each 401k. So they would need to take three different RMDs, one from each 401k. You couldn't just tally them all up and take one RMD 
from one of the 401ks. No, no, no. That's not how it works. So if it were me, I would want to consolidate them down into one 401k if possible. Because why not make life easier? Why not try to reduce the costs on it? That's what I would do. Now, the rules are different from taking RMDs from IRAs. If you had three different IRAs, you could tally all the RMDs up and take them from just one IRA. So that's pretty nice. So if you did have a couple different IRAs, maybe they're with one company, maybe they're with multiple companies, you could just tally and add them all up and say, okay, which IRA do I want to take it from? Or you could say, I'm going to take whatever the RMD is for that particular IRA. I'm just going to take it from that and take three separate RMDs or distribution from each IRA, however you want to do it. And it's okay to take more than you're required, of course, but please don't take less because then you run into penalties and things like that. Now, there's one special rule that not a lot of people know this, but in the year in which you turn 73, you can delay taking that first year RMD until April 15th, until tax time, of the following year. But keep in mind that following year, you would have to still take an RMD upon turning 74, so that next year you'd actually have two RMDs that you'd have to take. So that may or may not be in your best interest to do that, but just know you do have that ability to defer the first year's RMD off until tax time of the following year. And there's a lot of nuances like this that it's really good to know your options. I think when people don't know the options that they have, the choices that are available to them, that's when they really suffer, is that they don't know all the roads that they can take to get to a solution. And that's really part of the reason why I created this podcast is to help teach people. Because trying to do this alone, in my eyes, you're going to miss a lot of things. It's kind of like I had a client give me an example, and I really, really like this example. He said, Greg, and he comes from a medical background. He said, Greg, if you and I were looking at an x-ray, and I'm just imagining in my head as he's telling me this, he said, imagine we were looking at your arm or your leg under an x-ray, and we're kind of looking at the bone, and if it's straight, or we're looking for big gaps in the bone that might tell us it's broken. And we're kind of saying, well, it looks good to me based on what we're seeing. Now, if there were screws or a plate, like from a former surgery that you had, we would probably be able to see the screws in the x-ray. Those would kind of stick out to us. But anything else that wasn't really obvious, we wouldn't see. Versus if you hand that same x-ray to the radiologist, the radiologist is going to look at all the minute details and be able to look for like hairline fractures and things like that, that you and I, as novices, we're going to completely overlook because we don't know what we're looking at. But that radiologist, he or she is just looking at that x-ray differently. It's the same exact x-ray that we're all looking at, but sometimes it's the details that don't stick out to you. And that's where a professional like a radiologist is going to be so, so crucial in that situation. So that's the best way I can explain what a retirement planner like myself, how they're just seeing things differently than the average person might. But let's jump back to RMDs. And let's say you just turned 73. How much are you going to need to take out of your IRA or pre-tax 401k or whatever your pre-tax retirement account is? How do you calculate that? Well, number one, a lot of these custodians will actually do it for you if you will ask them to. 
and they'll give you the exact amount to the penny of what you'll need to take by the end of the year. And by take, I mean take as a distribution out of that pre-tax account. Most people will want to withhold taxes, but again, your tax advisor can help with that. Now, there are RMD calculator tables that you can find online, and I'll maybe include one of those in the show notes that you can click on. And basically what you do is you take the account value as of 1231, end of year, last year in 2023, And let's do a fun, quick example. Let's say it was $100,000. I like using round numbers on this podcast. Let's say your balance in your IRA was $100,000 as of 1231 of 2023. Well, you would go to this fun table or this chart and it would say, okay, age 73, and they base this on your life expectancy. So you take that $100,000 divided by 26 and a half, 26.5, and you get an RMD of $3,773.58. And I've had people that say, well, gosh, it looks like every year you'll need to take more and more money out of your IRA. Well, you got to remember you're looking at the account value as of the end of last year. So if you have a really, really bad year in the market, and let's say it's down 20, 30%, well, even though you're one year older the next year, it could quite possibly be that your RMD actually goes down from one year to the other. So again, it's based on your account balance and your age. Now, one thing I'll mention is a couple of years ago, they redid this table. So you used to have to take more as an RMD, but they recalculated and said, oh, people are living longer. And again, they redid this. Now, is that going to happen in the future? Is there going to be another amendment? We don't know. We kind of have to just do our planning based on the rules today and this chart that we have. Now, the other thing is with RMDs, which we haven't talked about, if you say, gosh, I don't need the money. Well, some people will do what's called a Qualified Charitable Distribution, QCD. We'll have a link to a description of it in the show notes. That's if you said, okay, for this $3,773.58, what if you didn't need the money and you didn't want to pay the taxes on it? But let's assume you're very charitable inclined. Well, you could take that $3,773.58 and you could do what's called a Qualified Charitable Distribution. So the money comes out of your IRA and goes directly to a 501c3. You don't pay the taxes on it. They're a nonprofit, so they don't pay the taxes on it. Everybody wins. On another note, I'm going to warn you, you cannot do a Roth conversion. You cannot say, well, gosh, I've got to take $3,773.58 out of my IRA. I'll just do a Roth conversion, pay the taxes on it, and the money then goes to my Roth IRA. You can do that, But that doesn't count towards your RMD. They don't allow Roth conversions to meet the requirement of an RMD. And I had a podcast listener that had been doing that for years, and he's going to find himself in some trouble. But he was unaware of that rule. But the last thing that I'll leave you with is you want to be able to estimate what your RMDs are going to be in the future. Because I have so many people that have just neglected to address these big pre-tax balances in their retirement savings. And this is going to be a huge tax bill to them once the RMD age rolls around. And they're just going to get clobbered in taxes. There are some people that call these RMDs ticking time bombs. 
And we know when it's coming, depending on your age. You can say, okay, for certainty, I'm going to have this RMD once I turn 73. Now, you could make the argument that, yeah, we may not know what taxes are going to be like at that point. But with a little planning, your retirement planner can, well, should be planning ahead and saying, okay, this is what we are estimating your RMDs to be once you turn 73. And oftentimes, it is a big surprise to people that they're going to have that big of a tax bill. And when it throws you into the next tax bracket, well, that's no fun either. So again, I guess the lesson here is know that this day is coming. Don't just push it off and say, I'll worry about that when the time comes. It's like, okay, you know this day is coming and we're all getting older, right? Every year we're getting older, closer and closer to that age 73. Now, again, Congress, they change these rules all the time, but we have to just make prudent decisions and use prudent planning to guide our decisions now. We can't worry about and try to speculate what Congress might do to throw off our plan. And one last thing I wanted to leave you with is as far as these RMDs that we were talking about, these were referring to your own RMDs, like from your own accounts. If you inherited money like an IRA or a 401k from mom or dad or your brother and sister, those are going to have their own rules. So we were trying to focus the discussion today on the IRAs that you own and the 401ks that you built your wealth with. So again, maybe I'll do a future episode on inherited IRAs, inherited 401ks, because the rules for those are entirely separate. And quite frankly, this is just my opinion, but I don't like the rules for inherited IRAs and retirement plans. I think they're awful the way they are now anyway. But I hope this discussion today has been helpful. The RMD discussion is something I have so many clients and podcast listeners that have questions about them. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about how RMDs work, how we plan ahead for those. And the whole idea of planning ahead for those is to save money in taxes and either save you uh, money today in the years to come on your taxes. But let's not forget about your heirs, maybe your adult children and what they're going to inherit one day. And you may not want them to inherit a big tax liability and they're paying out the wazoo in taxes. And last thing I'll mention on this podcast is we are updating our resources on the retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. So check out those resources like our 2024 tax guide. We've got our out market outlook for 2024. And a lot of people are signing up for retirement coaching calls, which you can do right there on the website. If you have some questions about your retirement, feel free to book those phone calls. We'll see you next time. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is 
no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.